From Los Angeles, California, it's Felice Navipod with special guest Jesse Johnson. And now, here's Tony Thaxton. Christmas only comes around once a year. Hello, ho, ho, and welcome to Feliz Navi Pod. My name is Tony Thaxton. With me, as always, is Rigby. Atta girl. Well, here we are, guys. Uh, sorry for the lack of episodes lately, but we're back. We're back. And uh, let me just kind of fill you in on what's going on. I know I've mentioned it before. First of all, this is our first real episode from our brand new Feliz Navipod Studios, actually in Los Angeles, California. Uh, and when I, first of all, when I say Feliz Navipod Studios, I'm talking about my apartment. Um, and, uh, you know, we always said from Los Angeles, California. That's what JJ Serma told you up top. But uh, we were usually in Burbank. But right now, actually Los Angeles, California. We did it. We did it. We're here. Uh huh. Get used to it. Um, so we are at our new studios. Uh, I recorded a little bonus mini episode for the uh, Patreon supporters. Uh, if you guys haven't done that, you're you're welcome to, to do that. There's a monthly bonus episode that'll happen. Answer Twitter questions. Maybe I'll have a guest. Sometimes we'll figure out fun stuff to do. Uh, but you can go to Patreon.com/slash Tony Thaxton and check that out. Uh, doing things like uh for as little as a dollar um i'll send you pictures of rigby every week and uh also uh for more money than that uh other fun things can go on uh such as i'm doing i'm recording a cover song every week and sending those out to the supporters and uh like i said the monthly bonus episode there's even like higher tiers where i'll draw you a drawing on an old drum head of mine and uh send that to you um i have some of those i need to make and uh and by some, I mean one. Maybe, maybe more. Eh? Uh, but yeah, no, no, as always, no pressure. But any support is greatly appreciated. Um, but uh, so, yeah, we're, we're in a new space here. And I did, I moved. I've been moving uh, and just been crazy with that and other things going on. So apologies for the lack of no new episodes lately. But we're going to get back on track now. Um... I'm here. You know what? It's Christmas time, right? Huh? But um, this is going to be kind of a, a bare bones episode a little bit, just because things have been so nuts, and uh, you know. Uh, but we're still gonna we're still gonna spread that Christmas cheer. Isn't that right? Just another generic Christmas song But this one doesn't last very long Yep, just 
throwing in some uh, some music from my Christmas EP. Yeah, that's right. A Christmas EP that came out last year. And uh, it's June right now, but it's Christmas every day on Feliz Navidad. And uh, anyways, but oh, who could that be, Rigby? Stop it. I'm going to go get the door at our new studio and see who this is. Hey, Jesse Johnson. Come on in. Oh, hey, thanks for having me. It's great being here. This is third time, maybe? It might third be a charm, time? yeah. Uh, Would you call it a lucky charm? Yeah, I believe I was had the pleasure of doing it with uh, Matthew S. Taylor and uh, yeah. Brian K. Diaz. Yes, your yes. first solo appearance. This is a big deal. Anything you'd like to say? Um, I'd like to thank the Academy. The Academy is? I'd like, yeah, I'd like to thank the Academy is. I would like to thank um, student Rick. Whoa, <laughs> delving deep. What and is... I would like to thank Big Blue Monkey. Oh, I forgot about that. Yep. Um, We're going to have to explain some of this, but ca- carry on because I want to see what you pull out next. Oh, what else do I got? Uh-huh. I'd like to thank um, um... Breakup Sex. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think I knew that one, did you? No, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a real deep cut. So let's first of all, I need to backpedal to student Rick. Is there something I don't understand about that name? Or is that did they literally just name their band Student Rick? I don't know, but I just um I think I literally just remember that they had a green t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um I yeah, we played with them a few times. That would have been like two thousand two, maybe oh three. Uh, early days of touring, and I remember playing some shows. I think they were a Victory Records band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, but it was just a name I never quite. I was like, I don't know if that's a reference to something. I don't know if that means something I'm unaware of. Um, I'd like to thank Five Hundred Four Plan. Ooh, was that a Minneapolis band? Chicago, Chicago. That's in Illinois. I believe. I believe. Members taking this back to Academy is. I believe members of Five Hundred Four Plan ended up in Academy is. Really? For some reason, I the when I hear the name Five Hundred Four Plan, I think of it being like a hardcore band or something. Yeah, uh, I would like to thank uh, Alistair. Alistair and the Fraggle Rock theme. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that was a. What was that? Were they a drive-through records band, Alistair? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but also, let's see. You said Big Blue Monkey, which yep. be- they it was that was story of the year. They became story of the year, and we we played with them, I believe, like while it, the transition was happening. Right in well, we played with them as Big Blue Monkey, and I believe we played with them in Columbia, Missouri, at the Blue Note, as at either their first or one of their very first shows as story of the year. The Big Blue Note, <laughs> <laughs> which. I would like to thank Squirrel Nut Zippers which, and the Ooh. Promise Ring, which I saw at the Blue Note, and Weezer. Yeah. All on one show? That was, that was one bill? Well, Squirrel Nut Zippers and Promise Ring were one show. Okay. Weezer was a different one. Squir- I like that uh, you say Student Rick. I want to know where that name came from, but you say Squirrel Nut Zippers. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> no questions there. What was the other one you pulled out? Oh, Breakup Sex. We can, yeah. That was, if I remember right, we played in a ballet studio dance yeah, studio which i was just telling uh, my new neighbor about that show the other day <laughs> i believe my father was selling merch i think so and we went to dinner with brett gerwitz that was the from first epitaph. that was the first show that brett from epitaph came to see us 
and we played a ballet studio with a local band called Breakup Sex. I don't think we headlined either. I probably we might have been first even. <laughs> yeah. And I believe it had like the wall like a one wall was like mirrors, like a dance studio. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It might have even been all the walls were that. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. I, that was the first time I think that was my first ever LA area show. California total or just LA? Maybe even California. Because I'd never, I'd never even been to California until my, f- well, not not even the first Motion City tour, first year of touring with Motion City. Yeah, I remember it was the end of the year. I feel it might have like November, or December. I remember we we toured through, we toured so much that year. And I believe it was somewhere around three hundred and ten, three hundred and fifteen yeah, like shows in a year. Stupid amount of shows. Because I think, yeah, there were there were times that we played more than one show in a day. Yeah, uh, which is so crazy. And uh, yeah, we came out here. What was my point? I had a point. First time California breakup sex. First ballet time studio. Canada. Brett Gerwitz, my father selling merch. <laughs> Uh yeah I, I don't I can't remember yeah I don't remember what my point was but it had something to do with uh, all of that <laughs> how's that to sum it up <laughs> uh no but yeah we we played that show I mean because we played like four L A area shows on that tour and I think like Brett came to most of them I think yeah or at least some of them and I remember the last one was at the well it's the satellite now it used to be called Spaceland. And I believe that was with, was that Flashlight Brown, Suicide Machines, and Owen? It might be right. I remember Owen was on that show. Yeah. And that, I think, I think uh, yeah, because we ended up touring with Flashlight Brown like six months later or something. The like, All-American all, Rejects. Yeah, but we didn't really know them at the time. Uh, also, I think touring with Flashlight Brown, this is, this is going to be very boring for the listeners, <laughs> is how we met Dana Dynamite. And uh, how we started wearing Ben Sherman clothing. You feel free to edit that out. <laughs> it's how she taught us how to wear it. Yes. She dressed us, literally dressed us. She would lay our clothes out for us in the morning. Um, uh, well, I was thinking, it's, well, it's so, such a strange coincidence that you dropped by. Because just the other day... I didn't even realize this. It didn't even dawn on me. But then I started seeing all these posts online that Commit This to Memory came out 10 years ago to the day, just on Sunday, I think it was, June 7th, I believe. Which, yeah, once I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, that was because I usually remember those things well, but it just didn't like think, I didn't really think about the fact that it was June 7th and it's been 10 years. And uh, that's real crazy. And. I feel like we did an in-store at a Best Buy in Boston. I do know that we did that, but I don't think it was for that. Oh, it might have been at Tower Records in Boston. Maybe. Because I feel like we did like a thing and then I like it's it's, I don't know if people a lot of people know this, but it's kind of a superstitious thing that when your record comes out, you actually purchase your own copy at a store. And I feel mm-hmm. like I bought our, my copy of Commit This to Memory at, at the in-store. in Boston at whatever, yeah. wherever we played, yeah. I weirdly didn't do that with our first record. 
I did it with every other record, but I didn't do it with the first record, which is weird. It seems like that would have been the one that I would have been the most excited to do that for. Well, you've ruined our entire career. I did. That's why I'm a quitter. That also might be the time in Boston when I was vegetarian. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh. And we went to um, Junkyard Dogs. Spike, Spike, Junkyard Spike's dogs, Junkyard Dogs. a big hot dog place around that area. <laughs> but a couple guys in the band, including myself, were vegetarian at the time, and they sold vegetarian hot dogs. So it was a destination for us. And I got one, and I proclaimed out loud that it was the most delicious hot dog, <laughs> vegetarian hot dog that I had ever eaten. And I uh, found out halfway through it's because it was real meat. And yeah, that makes sense. have learned right. that uh, real hot dogs, actually real meat in general, is better than... Uh, mm-hmm. Soy products. It still took you uh, another couple of years to finally come around to uh, come back to the, the dark side, but uh, but you did it. Yeah, he didn't buckle right then and there. I oh, no. The, yeah. I think I probably would have. I should have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was trying to, when, a, you know, lots of uh, memories started uh, coming back in, into mind, and I was thinking about, first of all, the recording of that record was... Uh, so ridiculous. We recorded out here in LA. We recorded in Valley Village at a, it was the, I know you know this, but for the listener, it was in the, it was in a house in Valley Village. So we all stayed in the house and then there was a separate building, the garage out back that had been converted into a studio and the house was formerly owned by Jeff Pocaro of Toto, the drummer of Toto. And it's also the house that he died at, too. Uh, I believe they say he was mowing his lawn. Yeah, said that he has some sort of allergic reaction to weed killer, but supposedly that's just like a a thing they say, and that's not the real story. But Judging by the amount of uh, mirrored countertops yeah. and uh, stories of cocaine, it might have been something different. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there were, he's not lying. There were a lot of countertops. There was literally a giant walk-in closet that had mirrored countertops in there. Very weird. Very weird. Uh, he enjoyed black ceramic toilets (laughs) (laughs) by a specific, uh, company, Toto. (laughs) Were they Toto toilets? Yes. Toto toilets. Uh, I didn't even think about that at the time. Uh, but that was such a because we let's see the the house was two bedrooms, I believe. I believe it was three because uh, Jacques Jacques was the studio assistant. He the, stayed in engineer's assistant, whatever. You one call room, that. even though it, that, was, that about, was a pantry. Is okay. what he slept in. That was not a bedroom, and I'm not exaggerating. It was literally a pantry. In my mind, it was just a black hole of clothing. <laughs> yeah, it was not a, not mess. like in a closet, but piled. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and then we had I have two bedrooms that we slept in with uh, me, Tony, and Matt in and one. Matt and I shared a bed. Oh, that's true. That's true. And I <laughs> we were there for what, like six weeks or something, and Matt and I shared a bed every And then day. Justin Pierre, Josh Kane, and Brian Diaz in the other. Yeah, our uh, our old tech, and he's been on the show with you in the past, mm-hmm. Brian Diaz. Yeah, he w- he uh, came out and worked for us that that whole time in the studio. He like guitar teched and kind of just was like our our gopher, I guess you want to call it. Uh, 
Yeah, and Mark Hoppus used to let him drive his Range Rover, I think he was driving at the time. Rover. Yeah, he would just give Diaz his keys, and Diaz, I remember being terrified and, to go and drive his car around. And, like, credit card. We'd go shop. We'd yeah. have to go to, like, Ralph's, uh, to the supermarket to, like, go get, like, Perrier, like, you know, like, stuff for the house or whatever. Mm-hmm. I forgot he would give him his credit card. Mm-hmm. I always, because I always was like nervous for him. I was like, what if a Blink fan rings him up? Well, I believe he had to drive out to like West Hollywood or the West Side or Ventura or Santa Monica, like somewhere out on the West Side to buy like a very, very expensive guitar. Oh, yeah. I, rem- I yeah. I do remember that. Did he like, buy that with absurd? No, no. That it was already paid for, but okay. He just had to pick it up. Diaz had to go pick it up in a Range Rover. <laughs> And it the and I will tell you I believe the car or the the guitar definitely cost more than the car that I own right now. When my the car that I own right now was new, probably the guitars still cost more. But probably not worth more than my current car. <laughs> well, you have a Tesla these days, right? I uh, well, I'm testing a Tesla. It's not officially mine right now. Oh, it's a Tesla. It's a Tesla. Okay. Also, the it's a test L A. I'm testing it around LA. You can feel free nice to edit that out. <laughs> nope, that's it. Stay in it. You know what? I'm going to edit that to the beginning. I'm going to I'm going to keep I'm going to re-edit that so it appears several times throughout the episode. I will say there are many many things that happened. Many things that many jokes that we had. Oh yeah. And that would have been what 11 years ago when we yeah, actually it was, recorded. Yeah, it was fall of 2004 when we recorded. That to this day are brought up at least twice a month. Yeah. I think when you were on before, we talked about all the like dumb songs we used to sing and make up, and uh, a lot of them came from, from that recording. Diaz uh, used to make some quesadillas. Uh-huh. Or, or bass. Uh, well, and then there was going to be the all-bass band called the Basadillas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was the... Uh, <laughs> are we okay with talking about you're right with talking about when your dad came to visit <laughs> i'm sure my you know here's the thing yeah because my dad definitely is not listening to this podcast <laughs> he's not gonna know how to download podcasts probably no there are many yeah. <laughs> so can, can can we go there do you want right? to go with the either one I, whatever you i'm I've, i'll go with all of it because well, there's two solid one one uh-huh. is um my dad had to make a phone call and he was uh, at this point keep in mind this is 11 years ago somewhat yeah, cell phones were like still kind of like on the, for every like everyone had them at this point but they were still kind of a new thing oh my dad did not have one for sure <laughs> and i gave him my cell phone to call somebody a friend of his in los angeles when he was visiting and he didn't understand that there was, you know, buttons on basically the side of the cell phone that would turn the volume up and down <laughs> for the to to hear it. And he had inadvertently turned the volume all the way down. And he was out in the backyard and we were in the house and we could just hear him at the top of his voice. <laughs> Hello! Can you hear me? <laughs> It was he was so loud. <laughs> I love imagining the person on the other end of the phone <laughs> who, who knew how to use a telephone. <laughs> it was so loud, and I feel like it went on for. It wasn't just like a quick thing that was. Oh no, it was it the entire went on for a long time. I'm. I'll be there in an 
hour. You know, <laughs> just <laughs> and and then more on the same uh, technology uh, thing. I remember then him talking to you about he had his, he got his first email uh-huh. address for work where he was working, <laughs> and he was very excited about it. And I remember he was he was he kept asking you, "How do I get into my email?" And he would always do this motion with his hands. <laughs> well, the other <laughs> thing is that oh man, I feel bad. My father's <laughs> oh he's the, the he's so nice, the greatest he's guy, the best. He's just this is all out of love. This is he's all just older love. than I am, yeah. and and didn't know, didn't grow up with computers. I, there's thing there's things that kids are doing right now that I have no idea what they are. So I get it. But he was asking me. To, to send me an email, basically, he was asking me what he had to type into Google <laughs> to get in to my to my email to send me a message. <laughs> and didn't you find out? Well, first of all, I think, didn't you say, like, what browser are you using or something like that? And he, his answer was Google. Google. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was, I think, didn't you find out that... He was literally just like typing my name into Google, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, God, that was such a ridiculous month, six weeks, two months, whatever it was. Um, it. Uh, <laughs> do you remember the night we all went to see The Grudge? Oh, yeah. And we, <laughs> we were all terrified. <laughs> <laughs> we still talk about that in interviews it's the people couldn't go to sleep yeah because i, I feel like there was like weird shit then even that was it was like one of those things where like you know when like you see a movie that actually scares you and then that's the night that like something randomly weird happens like in the backyard at the house or something like and i feel like something like that was happening i i don't remember the the exact things but it it Made me think, I hope you were there for this when I bring this up. The time, so we did the record, um, I'm sure some people know this, uh, Mark Hoppus from Blink-182 produced the record, and I distinctly remember one evening, uh, he was out in the backyard on the phone, much like my father, and a praying mantis jumped on his arm (laughs) when he was on the phone. I don't remember this. (laughs) And we watched him freak the fuck out (laughs) (laughs) i totally missed that i I don't know you might have you know not been there whatever but if you ever have him on or did he has he done this before he has yeah if you have him on again ask him maybe he remembers the praying mantis (laughs) because it uh it we'll say it startled him (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh yeah there was uh there was also the day of uh uh when blink was they played a charity event for the tony hawk foundation while we were I mean, it was like a sunday afternoon it's like a bowling alley on ventura yeah pins i believe is sure. it pins uh and uh, so we we couldn't uh do a lot of work that day because mark had to go play a show but he was like you guys want to come to this thing and it was like a 500 dollar a ticket event also, or something like that literally they played on a like makeshift stage on the actual alleys of yeah (laughs) and it was it was still to this 11 years later it is one of the strangest things i've ever been to 
because it was this like super exclusive like the tickets were like i said i think they were 500 dollars yeah. a ticket or something so uh pamela anderson uh-huh um we have, yeah so many random celebrities there we saw her tom green tony hawk tony hawk Tony Hawk uh, bumped into me that day and and then said sorry. <laughs> How's that for a celebrity encounter? Um, Benicio del Toro was there, or as you once called him, Bandido del Bandido Torres. Bandido del Torres, yep. <laughs> not to be funny. That was just um, what you called him. Uh, David Spade, yeah. who did stand up before. I actually, I think David Spade and Tom Green both did stand up before Blink played. Why am I uh, Why am I blanking on the singer of Nine Inch Nails? Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor was there. He was there. Kenny G was there. And I saw them both talking to each other at one point, and I really wanted to know what that conversation was like. Who was the who, who was watching Tony Hawk skate? That was Trent Reznor. I was the one that yeah. <laughs> I was standing next to Trent Reznor watching because they had a half pipe set mm-hmm. up outside and tony hawk and all these other pro skaters were doing all the stuff on the half pipe and it was just you know obviously trent reznor is just a normal guy but you know just to, to you know know that that's trent reznor and what he's done and then to just be standing next to him and watching those guys and just hearing him go that's amazing <laughs> like just hearing him react to skateboarders was it was so surreal and then to then an hour later see him talking to Kenny G was even better. <laughs> but I wanted to hear that conversation so badly. Because, yeah, because you and I, I don't think we did it at this, but you and I, well, kind of all of us used to do this thing where if we saw uh, someone that kind of looked like a celebrity, we would just make up a, a, a fake name that rhymed with the real name, but then the same last name. And I feel like I remember seeing... When I first spotted Kenny G at this event, I think I was in my head just kind of like, oh, there's Lenny G, brother of Kenny G. I was like, oh, wait, no, that that's Kenny G. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember years later being in Chicago and you and I were at a H&M and the same oh, thing yeah. happened. You were like, there's Jerry Farrell over yeah, there, yeah. brother of Perry Farrell. And it was the same. I was like, nope, that's Perry Farrell. <laughs> Lollapalooza is happening this weekend and he's that's him. Yeah, yeah. we were at, on Michigan Avenue. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Feliz Navipod will be right back. Hey, everybody. Tony Faxon here from Feliz Navipod. I'm here to tell you about Downright.com. Are you familiar with it? You should be. It's a great website where you can go and you can buy a custom written song for you, whatever you want it to be. Artists like me are on there. Guys like Chris Farron are on there. So go buy a song. D-O-W-N-W-R-I-T-E dot com. And here's my promise. If you buy a song from me on downright.com, I promise it'll be way better than this. And now, back to Felice Navipod. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anybody else at the uh, the Tony Hawk thing. I remember Pamela Anderson was the... It, it, she didn't look like a real person. No, no. Because she's not. It, like, was, a, it was a caricature yeah, of a person. Like, she looked like she was made of plastic, yeah. because she is. <laughs> <laughs> it was really crazy. Uh, yeah, I think those were, the, I think those were the, the big ones that were there. I mean, that's yeah, pretty big. It's, it, yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I mentioned this, but Tony Hawk uh, bumped into me and said, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a day for me. And I said, oh, it's cool. My name's Tony, too. 
I didn't actually say <laughs> that. But if I were to actually have said anything, that's probably, I would have been something stupid like that. Do you remember me? <laughs> we'll sell out Matt Taylor here. Of uh, We had, in the early days, there were several times that we, Matt Taylor, our old bassist, well, your current bassist, my old bassist. <laughs> uh, Both of our friends. Yes. Uh, had several awkward encounters with former MTV VJ Matt <laughs> Pinfield. <laughs> I feel like it happened in Austin, Texas at South by Southwest. Yep, that was one of them. And it happened at Amoeba Records? Or was that? Uh, I don't have a recollection of that. The other one I'm thinking of is a, a Warp Tour one. Because I, I think I was the only one that witnessed the Warp Tour one. Cause was we there were, a... Hey, it's Matt Pinfield, and he was right next to him. Basically, yeah, it something. was one of those. It was one of those moments where, yeah, Matt spots Matt Pinfield, and then says, "Hey, it's Matt Pinfield," but he's like really close, and the whole room got silent right as Matt said that. <laughs> so just the entire room hears, "Hey, it's Matt Pinfield," <laughs> including Matt Pinfield. Uh, and then there was a Warp tour. I think this might have even been before the south by southwest thing and matt and i were at the press area of warp tour and we were leaving press and matt penfield is walking towards press and i think matt just didn't realize that he's just staring at him <laughs> <laughs> like in his head going oh there's matt penfield and he's just staring at him and so matt penfield's like walking right at him and just goes hey i'm matt and matt just like panics and goes I'm I'm Matt too, <laughs> and then walked away. <laughs> you know, uh, Matt Pinfield was also at Bamboozle. I didn't talk your ear off. Literally, I think it, <laughs> I my ear fell off and gave me his phone number. <laughs> I wonder if that's still on my phone. I have to check. <laughs> if it can't if be it's, the, it if can't it's be there, the same number. well, there's only one way to find out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Let's let's see here, cell phone. You keep looking. I'm gonna grab a beer. You grab me one? No, I don't think I do. Should we call Matt Pryor instead? I got I got I got three mats with with a P last night. I got Matt Picker, who tried to ruin my first laptop with a drumstick. That was his brother. That was Josh. No, it was Matt Picker. No, it was Josh. Josh Picker. Oh, why do I have Matt Picker's phone number? <laughs> this means nothing to anyone. And edit that out, too. <laughs> edit? What's that? No, Matt Picker. I really did kind of want to say let's call Matt Taylor, but it's uh, much later on the East Coast right now. So? <laughs> I'll tell you what. At the, end of the, at the end of the podcast, we'll call Matt Taylor, and we'll ask him... Is there anything else you'd like to add? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, more inside humor. Wait, That's this, this is easy easy to explain though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For years, when we would do uh, interviews, and Matt Taylor was with us doing an interview, there's a, there's a common question that happens a lot at the end of interview, which is, is there anything else you would like to add? Which is always just an awkward question. And more often than not, we would. <laughs> pass the microphone to Matt and say, oh, I think Matt does. <laughs> and he would get so mad at us. And that's exactly why we did it. It was my favorite thing to do. I totally forgot about that. 
Uh, this has nothing to do with anything, but I just feel like this is worth sharing. Uh, I just received a text from my sister. <laughs> she has a she has a uh, five year old daughter named Zoe, and uh, she just sent me a text that said Zoe got out of bed, came into our room sounding worried. She said, "I don't want to tell you this. I have a hole in my underwear." <laughs> <laughs> You know what? At least she doesn't have the burps. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Once again, very early days of touring. We stayed at my other sister's house, and my nephew was probably the same thing, probably around five or six or something at the time. And, you know, he was sent to bed because it was late, and uh, he's a child. That's what happens. And uh, he just kept making excuses of reasons to be awake, and the best one was I he. can't sleep. I got the burps. <laughs> I just remember we all exploded. <laughs> Not literally, of course. <laughs> yeah, and that that's one of those things that uh, we still say to this day. Can't let go. Nope. There's many things. Just mm-hmm. can't let mm-hmm. go. Uh, do you have a certain memory of that era that like really stands out to you from like that commit this yeah since, um, the, since this is the 10 year the literal 10 year now well spinal taps <laughs> <laughs> that's more it's more your dad so you just sold your dad out again so now you have to explain <laughs> um my father bless his heart sent me a care package sweet when, man let's be honest oh very sweet that's where i get that's where I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in this care package was, I remember three things specifically. <laughs> One was a t-shirt with three or four skeletons in top hats with canes. And it said, spinal taps. <laughs> <laughs> the other one was a monster truck shirt maybe which diaz then put on because the print was on the back he put yeah. it on backwards uh-huh we have some cri- oh, great I mean, we, need, we need to find these pictures of diaz so i can oh, fo- I have post them, them, I on have the, them on my phone please send them to me so i can put them on the facebook page okay i There's have them on my phone um that's how often i bring this up <laughs> and a leather jacket mm-hmm mm-hmm <laughs> All which were used for hilarity <laughs> for a day one uh, Diaz photo session, and yeah, those photos are fantastic. I always think of that. I always think of which I also looked at two days ago. I have a so I have a folder on my computer of a bunch of stuff from like old cell phones and old computers, and I have a a, a, f- a folder I found called like E bombs world. <laughs> so i remember <laughs> the nunchuck guy nun, uh, <laughs> afro ninja yeah 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 and the german car commercial where like <laughs> <laughs> that still might be the hardest i've ever laughed in my life <laughs> it's like a very peaceful like car commercial going through the hills like say in i'm in my mind it's germany for some reason and then it's like very peaceful music and then like a very scary face quickly pops up on the screen it screams very loudly <laughs> And it's, you're, it's so unexpected. And I was, I think I was the only person who witnessed the initial moment of it because someone sent it to Diaz and I, <laughs> he's on his laptop and I'm on my laptop directly across from him. And I just hear 
him watching and I just kind of hear this like almost like flute peaceful yeah, music yeah, yeah. and and then all of a sudden you just ah! and Diaz jumped and screamed so badly and I just fucking lost my mind and he and I then I think could not stop laughing for 20 minutes and that's not an exaggeration <laughs> oh man uh so i remember that that's recording um if i think about like when the record came out um so was that 2005 warp tour mm-hmm. chicago yeah that's i feel like yeah you find any anytime i've ever talked about the band i feel like yeah. i always bring up that show i believe i was just talking about this like a couple of days ago actually this last week um some friends in New York and uh, I believe we played, uh, I don't know if anybody knows how Warped Tour works, but there's, there's, um, there's usually two main stages where like, is this, is this the Vans Warped Tour? The Vans Warped Tour. Okay. Presented by Wait, Journeys? Is it the Rap Tour? <laughs> well, Jesus, that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> but we'll go back to that. So uh, uh, there's two main stages, which is where like kind of the big, obviously the bigger bands play. And then there's multiple smaller stages. Um, and generally, the smaller stages end. And the big stages uh, close out the evening with mm-hmm. like a big band, whoever. And that, I think it was like Fall Out Boy. Maybe yeah, Fall Out Boy was the last band my of the night on the main romance. stage. Oh, that actual night. Yeah. And somehow, through scheduling, we were playing on... It was either the Hurley stage or Maurice stage back then. Yeah, or the Volcom like the, stage. They were like the step below the main stages. And... We ended up having to play after the main stage was done. And we were at this time, you know, a pretty new band. We were just released our second record. And like things were going okay for us, but not amazing. And Chicago had always been good to us. Yeah. Like and it was one of our better cities. I was kind of sure that, you know, like after Fall Out Boy played, which that everybody would leave and we would kind of play to nobody. Well, because we were literally the only, only band, band still playing. And so we were, we were. I remember being excited because Chicago had always been a really good city for us. And then like things were starting to like. It felt like things were kind of starting to happen for us, and the crowds were getting bigger every day. And so we were like, I remember looking forward to Chicago, thinking like, oh, this is gonna be the best one yet. And then that happened at the schedule wise. Tweeter centered. That might be right. That, that sounds weird it? now because of the time. And, no. Um. And so the the side stages basically that we were playing on are in like the amphitheater there, and the stage is split in two. And we start playing, or we're getting ready to play, and I just remember being like people walking up and friends from other bands that are already played through the day, and people that worked on the stages, and being everybody being like, "Did you see all the people out there?" And like we started, we went up to play. And like in my mind, the entire amphitheater was like basically full. Yeah, it was because I remember think because we were like it went from being so excited to being like so bummed because we're like oh, nobody's gonna still be here, nobody's gonna watch. And then yeah, the amphitheater starts filling up as it got closer to showtime. We're like, no, this this can't be right. <laughs> and then even just like the amount of people on the tour that just came and watched us behind and stood behind us 
from stage. Brian Dell, who is uh, was one of the people that worked on our stage, mm-hmm. um, he said it was the first time that they had to tape off the back of the stage so that people knew where to stand. I never heard that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I just remember it being like the amount of people that watched us from stage was like enough to have like been a yeah. fun show. Yeah. And then so they were all behind us and and then this like full amphitheater and we're playing on half of the stage and then everybody was singing along to everything and it was just like what it was is surreal. Happening? It like, really to the was the exact definition of the term. It was absolutely surreal. And like not we're not bragging. It it was totally unexpected. Absolutely. <laughs> I I have admitted it several times. I got choked up. A yeah. couple of times during that show that night. I and have I'm, video of it. Yeah, I have some, but it's, but it, it's about it's, one inch by one inch. Yeah, it's it was a different time. <laughs> and it's actually from like a real camera. That's the worst part. It's not from a phone camera. It's like a real camera and it still looks that bad. Um but yeah, that no, that's but you know what? In a way, there's this part of me that like was like, Oh, I wish there was some real footage of that. But sometimes those things are like they're better left for your We your lived memory. it, man. Yeah. We lived it. Because there are those times when you're like, oh, it seems so great. And then you watch the footage and you're like, oh, this, that, it wasn't that great. No, I've watched the footage. <laughs> that footage. And this is pre-commit this, but. Um, I think I know what you're going to say. Wembley. We played yeah. Wembley with Brink. With Brink? <laughs> Brink 181. <laughs> <laughs> Wembley, let's, let's be fair. Wembley Arena, not Wembley Stadium, which is still huge. Uh, 12,000, 11,000. Something like that, yeah. Um, and we have this video of us playing the end of our last song and then panning out to the crowd as the lights come up. And again, they this time they were not there to see yeah, us. Yeah, they were there for Blink. Like they weren't there for, but they were a nice crowd. Yes. Though. Like they got into it though and they were very supportive. And it's, it's, it's just absolutely mind blowing yeah, to me. Yeah, it's crazy. And also, on top of just the crowd being awesome and huge, I look back at that and, like, you know, that was 12 years ago at this point. I'm like, oh, man, look at that energy we had. Because <laughs> every one of us is going nuts. I threw my keyboard and almost hit Travis's drums, <laughs> which I didn't know at the time, but watching the video, I'm like, we could have been kicked off the tour in our first show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. That was the first show of the tour. And we got there the morning of the show. No like, sleep. Just flew six to eight hours, whatever it yeah. is. Because, yeah, I personally can never sleep on international flights. So I was dead tired. We got there, got there in the morning, and then played the show. Played the biggest show by far we had ever pl- oh, played. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, that was like the biggest show, like, times 12 we'd ever <laughs> played uh, at that point. And, yeah, but we're, like, jet-lagged out of our minds. And it was awesome. Uh yeah, the God, I, that was that was uh yeah that was pretty crazy because at that point we were still we were still playing basement shows sometimes. Uh, I believe and we I think, played Jerry's Pizza <laughs> in Bakersfield. No, I'm I'm quite sure that within the span of a month in that era, we played Wembley Arena opening for Blink and played a basement show in Minneapolis oh, we within, it, within we, a month. Of we played each other. it in Tommy's basement. Yeah. I yep, will, that's exactly what it was. And <laughs> I will never forget this show because okay, so a little bit of of backstory to this is 
Um, I used to play bass in like kind of a hardcore band called Johnny Angel. And a big thing that I used to do, I don't know why, it's just a thing, is I would stand on the <laughs> the drummer's kick drum and, and play bass up on his kick drum and look at him. <laughs> and we're playing this basement show in Motion City. Um, and I step up on Tony's kick drum and I see the the angriest i've ever seen him and he, he just i believe i don't know the exact words but to the effect of get the fuck off <laughs> i was, i always forget about that but you always bring it back up cuz it didn't it didn't stick with me uh so i wasn't that mad but i think no no but i just, i just remember <laughs> i know I'm i do in, always remember at the mo- in those moments of thinking like uh, i would just like which i'm sure it wouldn't have but i just remember in the moments going like gonna break my kick drum it's gonna break my kick drum it was also uh, purple diamond what's the uh yeah purple uh his, purple diamond his, uh, dw's dw kit which uh we recorded almost every record with pretty much a lot of the records no. most of the records first two. no records we you don't first. even own drums do you <laughs> first first two uh i am the movie and commit this to memory okay. both were with that that kit and i toured several like the first like four years of touring was with that kit i bought that kit uh right after i graduated high school from Guitar Center? Uh, no, from uh, Richmond, Richmond Music, I oh. believe, back in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, was there a Mars Music? Is that Am I making that up? Mars Music? Funny you should mention that. Mars Music was absolutely a place. Uh, just today, I sold a guitar amp that I had that I was just like, I don't need this anymore. Uh, and, and instead of dealing with uh, like just trying to sell it, through like Craigslist or something, I was like, you know what? I'll get less money, but it'll just be done with. So I sold it to Guitar Center. And while I was there, I was like, actually, the guy asked me where I bought the amp. And I was like, you know what? I, I want to say I bought this at Mars Music <laughs> in like 1999 or something like that. So this is the second time today Mars Music has come up. Well, and I think every time I think of Mars Music, I might be remembering this wrong, but I think of Shotgun. <laughs> 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 yep which can also be edited out <laughs> yeah no that was just <laughs> mars music was a uh music store in like the early, uh late 90s early 2000s and they had a, a room that was just full of microphones and you could test them all out and you could put like headphones on and one of the mics was called <laughs> shotgun i remember matt taylor put the headphones on and decides to just yell the word shotgun into the mic and get these things out of my ears. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's my favorite. I don't know if that story has been told. All right. So anyways, yeah, he yells that in the mic and it was, I think the mic is meant to be a like long range kind of thing. So he was, and he was right up on it and yelled into it and then like threw the headphones off of his ears. Anyways, uh, <laughs> There's all these things I want to go back to now, and we'll wrap this up soon. We'll keep this short, but uh, we're not keeping this short. Okay, you know, short for this. Um, uh, which one was I going to go back to first? Get these things out of my okay, ears. Yeah, I get these things. <laughs> that I can't believe I haven't. I don't. Maybe I've brought this up on here before, but it is my favorite thing. It's it might be my favorite thing of all time. Wow. <laughs> So we're, we were rehearsing in Minneapolis, and we all, uh, you know, it was a, a few years in, so we all had in-ear monitors at this point, and something happened during the rehearsal 
that caused something to make this terrible, loud, squealing <laughs> sound. It wasn't this feedback. It was like worse than feedback. It was seriously just like out of nowhere, this thing just went. And we all have our inner monitors in. So it's even louder. Like it's loud in the room, but it's even louder because it's going directly into our ears. And Matt is. <laughs> You're losing it. His genuine reaction was he screamed and yelled, get these things out of my ears and pull his ears out. that in a while thank you thank you you for reminding me of that Uh, uh, um all right let me collect myself this has been an insider look yeah um but the thing that i was going to say about the basement show that i remember is we decided we would always plan our our sets ahead of time and at that show uh, we it was just a basement show and it was just kind of like full of friends and stuff and we just kind of felt like it was pretty loose and we're like you know what let's just kind of let's let's wing it let's like let's try to pull a fugazi or something and we'll uh, we'll just yell them out before like somebody make them the, make the call and we'll we'll just call them out and and so we're a couple songs in and uh, Josh turns around after a song and looks at me and he says capital h (laughs) and my my brain read his lips to say cambridge (laughs) and so i just go and and nobody else did anything and everybody's just (laughs) looking at me (laughs) so yeah um flying by the seat of your pants not the best move i also believe that was tommy raybine's Basement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Formerly of a uh, band called Small Towns Burn a Little Slower. Yep. Who, yeah, I guess that they probably played that show, actually. That's and, probably uh, why it was at their place. Farewell Continental. Justin Pierre's other band. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought you were saying they played that basement show. No, but they yeah. did. Yes. Yes. Correct. Um, well, see, the thing was, we have not talked about Christmas at all. But you know what? <laughs> You've been on several times, and I think we've covered that extensively when you've been on before. So unless you have something that you want to add. Christmas. Um, You don't have to. I distinctly remember... This is before... I mean, this is about commenced memory, but before we had even done... We had recorded I'm the Movie ourselves with Ed Rose in Lawrence, Kansas... Or sorry, in Eudora, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, and had been touring a lot that year. And pretty much l- losing money. Just like paying out of our pocket. You know? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember constantly in that era, you would, we would go to Taco Bell, get a bean burrito. Yeah. Easy bean. Uh huh. <laughs> and, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. I'm going to get arrested for saying this. I would order a soda or no, I would order a water, but I would get a soda. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, it's coming around to Christmas time that year. And, uh, I owned a Rickenbacker bass. Mm-hmm. It's a 1983 Rickenbacker, 4003. And I realized I would have no money to uh, buy Christmas presents. So I sold it on eBay. Electronic Bay. On Electronic Bay. And two months later, I feel, is when we actually signed to Epitaph. And got a little bit of money, mm-hmm. like in advance. And I was kicking myself for selling this bass. It's like really beautiful bass that I had. Um, and so I wrote, it was purchased by a lady. And I, I wrote her every year for, I think, five years saying, if you ever want to get rid of the bass, please let me know first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the year we played Lollapalooza, she emailed me. And I got it back. So uh, I don't remember this. Yeah, you know the. I, mean, brown- I, I remember the whole the Rickenbacker and getting rid of it. I don't remember getting it back. Yes, I got it back in Chicago. Like I had her ship it to I think like even the hotel we were at or whatever. Um, so I had purchased this is useless information. It's all right. I had purchased it from the original owner who bought it in 1983, sold it to somebody, and then got it back. So I'm, I am both the second and fourth owner of the base and still have it to this day. You do still have it. Oh yeah. yeah. It's I don't think I can ever get rid of it again. It's it's yeah. awesome. That's how I feel about my my purple DWs. Yep. Like even though I haven't played them in years, I just I can't really bring myself to get rid of them. I get it. Yeah, so I sold it for uh, sold it for Christmas money to help buy Christmas presents. Yeah. And then completely regretted it and somehow got it back. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty good. So there you have it, a Christmas miracle. <laughs> We brought it in at the end. Um, uh, well, I don't. I don't know if. Uh, I don't know if. I think we've had this conversation in in life. I don't know that we've had it on the podcast because I can't remember anything once it's done. Uh, so, as you know, our mutual friend Dave Clock has a jacket of his and uh, his favorite. His two favorite things: hockey. And sandwiches. He has that back patch on his mm-hmm. his jacket. If you were forced to put a similar patch on your jacket, what are your two things going to be? Well, I mean, beer and video games. I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, or should I say... You say what you feel in your heart. My wife and my family. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> yeah. My family. <laughs> Not. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, anything uh, coming up you want to plug? I know there's there's some tours coming up, right? Um, Motion City Soundtrack will be in Anchorage, Alaska in uh, July. No, it's June, isn't it? In uh, June... 17th i'm gonna say sure uh we're gonna play the california dates of warp tour we're gonna be doing uh some more commit this to memory shows uh in june and july and then um 
I feel weird plugging stuff. Yeah, it's you know, it's what it's what happens on these things. Uh, a new record coming out in a couple months, and a lot of touring come up in the fall. So, biggity boo yow. Uh, bow to the face. <laughs> Inside jokes, gotta love them. Jesse Johnson, thank you so much. God bless. Hey, do you like to buy things? Of course you do. We all do. You know where a great place to buy things is? Amazon.com. Wait, no. FelizNavipod.com. Go there. Go to the Amazon banner at the top of the page. And then just go shop on Amazon like you always would. And then a portion of what you purchase will go to support the show. We thank you. Now do it. All right. We've come to the end once again. Thank you guys for listening, as always. Uh, thank you, Jesse Johnson. Thought it might be fun to have him come by this week, since it was the literal 10-year anniversary of Commit This to Memory, and we would commit our memories to you. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, hey, I'm going to plug that Patreon again. Patreon.com slash Tony Thaxton. Any donations would be very welcome. Uh, I need a new computer real badly, so if you want to help Daddy out, Please make a donation. Uh, you can just uh, donate directly to FeliceNavipod.com also, uh, and uh, that's awesome. No pressure, but uh, a little bit of pressure. Some pressure, okay? Um, yeah, I apologize this episode is late. I blame myself, but I mostly blame this goddamn computer. Um, it's a little of both. A little of both, but I'm going to put most of the blame there. Um, but thank you guys, uh, and, uh, you know that you can find me at Tony Thaxton on Twitter. Please subscribe to the show. Leave us a nice review. That is very helpful. We're gonna get back on track soon. I've already got some episodes in the can now that we're, uh, rolling again. So, uh, we will see you very soon. And we'll get back to normal here on Feliz Navipod. Uh, one quick plug to let you know about, uh, other than the usual crap, uh, the Pride of Fury PA, my band, gonna be playing June 23rd in Los Angeles at the Mystery Box. Is that what the venue's called? I think so. Uh, yeah, so come on out to that, Pride of Fury PA. We haven't played a show in a long, long time, uh, but it's gonna happen, so come on out if you can, and you're in Los Angeles, or the surrounding cities, areas, counties, countries, you name it. All right, uh, only other plug is to let you know that Christmas is December 25th. So, I have been Tony Thaxton, that's been Rigby, and as always... We wish you a Merry Christmas from Feliz Navidad.